Solve the World, a fictional adventure told in 100 episodes. This week, episode 22, The Great Debate. Cast of characters Jennifer Dash, known as Jen Free Captain Alfred Bacon First Mate, Emanuela Gadar Elizabeth Schumacher, known as Lizard Dr. Anthony Merkel, referred to only as Merkel Alexandra Keitel, referred to as Lex Father Benjamin Thomas Timothy Isaac, referred to as Sir Isaac. Miles Faw. Jorge Robles. Captain. What would your goals be in that venture? Lizard. There's a neurotoxin I know of. A quick trip to the coast, and we could accost it. Lex. You want to experiment on blue whales, Liz? Lizard. Not exactly. If the chemical works as I suspect, it'll retard the growth of the animal without causing any detrimental side effects. We find the pod off the coast of Japan. Inject a youngling with the neuroagent. Separate him from the rest, which should be no problem at all. If we hover around the pod for weeks, the group will accept our nearness as no peculiarity at all. Ideally, the pod will slowly start to reject our chosen one. They'll ostracize him, sensing something foreign and wrong with the whale. We swoop in, we feed him, we accept him, we cherish the mammal. Expunged from his family, the blue will choose the Orion as mother will migrate away from the pod and again, ideally, the youngster follows us. And if not, we'll have a tracking beacon on him. So finding him shouldn't be a problem. Jen, I had a tracking beacon injected into me once. Robles, you want... A midget blue whale as a pet. Lizard. Blue whales are the biggest life form on Earth. And yet, we know very little about them. We don't even know what their normal 
lifespan is. We think 80 years. We think. But there are Arctic whales that we know are at least 200 years old. I think blue whales are similar. First mate, why not go hunt an Arctic whale then? Captain. Ha! Brilliant! I'm all for that, lizard. Because I, just like the rest of us, have no desire to go back north at this moment in my life. Lex. But that's the point. So we get a baby blue whale. Where does that get us? Lizard. Two possibilities. Both very real, both very impacting. One. Once we know that the neural agent works, we repeat the process with another infant. Mate our two specimens together, migrate them somewhere away from other blues, and let nature take its course. Captain, I don't get it. I think the agent should affect the whale's chemical makeup, meaning she'll pass on her size to her newborns. First mate, thus introducing a subspecies to the ocean. Yes, precisely. It'd be a rare glimpse for humanity to witness what a completely foreign new species does to the environment. Being a differing size, they'll have new predators that their ancestors didn't have. But yet, they'll not require the same energy intake or food consumption. They'd have to come up with their own new survival tactics. Evolution will take them in an entirely unperceivable direction. Merkel. A direction you'd like us to witness. Secondly, research on blue whales or any large whale is inherently overwhelming due to the creature's size. With the stunted blue, research becomes much more conductible. First mate, and what sort of research are you thinking of? Longevity. Robles. You crazy mother... As hideous as you are, and you're still searching for the fountain of youth? Just like the bearded explorers that preceded you. Crazy. Crazy. Captain. All right, all right, all right, old chap. Hold your water buckets. We're all still in the phase of tossing ideas to and fro. Let's keep our judgment steady until it's time to see what sticks and what falls overboard. Lex. Yeah, so what if you've got, Robles? Something diabolical, no doubt. Robles. I have indeed the thing we all must lock arms and agree to. We must. Merkel. And that would be... Robles. Come back to me. Come back to me. Let the others go first. Merkel. Now, you were asked, so you go. Robles. I do as I please. My idea is the best, so I shall go last. This isn't second grade show and tell. You've been asked to go, so you go. Robles. Skipper didn't ask. Just our local crypto. Lex. Hey, you need a good spanking, son. Robles. Whoa, mother may I. Captain. 
All right, all right, fun times, fun times. I'm glad we're all feeling so passionate already. That's just the right type of enthusiasm we've been looking for. But I say, let's let youth speak up. Young love, do you care to make a suggestion? Jen. So, I don't... I don't really understand what we're trying to accomplish here. Really? Lex. It can be anything. Merkel. No. First mate. Not anything. We need to choose an adventure. One that we can all support. Father Thomas. One that unifies us under a common cause. Captain. Precisely. So what do you say, young love? Got any grand expeditions hiding up your sleeve? Jen. Uh, not exactly. Would it be okay if I, I, I think about it a little bit? While the rest of you, you know, keep discussing? First mate. We need to decide today. We've put off this meeting long enough. Captain. <laughs> That's not exactly how I'd put it, but... But yes, unfortunately, time is swiftly moving against us. Lex. Jen, you can vote for someone else's idea. You don't have to come up with the solution all on your own. Captain. We'd like everyone to bring something to the table. Lizard. You can vote for someone else's idea. Captain. Lizard, we'd like everyone to bring something to the table. And yes, that even means you, Sir Isaac. Sir Isaac. Oh, I'm quite ready to present our future destitutinal plans. Captain. All right, then. Let's hear it. Robles. Here's the thing. I know my plan isn't, how do you say, amenable to the rest of the crew. Sir Isaac. Yes, Robles. I know. I'd like to travel from the tip of North America to the bottom tip of South America and vice versa. Now, I know, I know. This is not a good mission for the crew, but you dropped me off before. Maybe you'll drop me off again on the way to your next adventure. So, yeah, I'm for whoever is going furthest north or south. There. Are you happy? Are you really happy now? All of you, I don't have a good plan. Sue me. Jen. Where's he going? Father Thomas. Mr. Robles has arguments in his head before he actually speaks up. I'm sure we shot him down a hundred times before he just now opened his mouth. Fog. He'll be back in a moment. The anger runs its course through him pretty quickly. Lex. It's really quite a sight to behold how quick his turnarounds are. Captain. Isaac, I'm eager to hear your idea. Lizard. So am I. First mate. Go ahead, Isaac. Tell us. Father Thomas. Yes, I for one would very much like to hear. Sir Isaac. The Blackstone. The Kaaba of Mecca. Jen. The what? Sir Isaac. Various calculations purport that that cube, that place, is one of the seven strong points on Earth. First mate. Seven strong points? Gravity is not what we think it is, and it's not dispersed evenly on Earth. Roughly speaking, the Earth is most bulbous at the equator. Therefore, there's a higher gravitational field there. The Earth then flattens at the poles. But there are seven notable anomalies, places where the gravitational field is not what it should be. Lex. And Mecca's one of those places? It's the third strongest in the world. Merkel. Where's the first two? The strongest is in the middle of the Atlantic, which may give scientific cause to some of the Bermuda Triangle myths. The second is in northern Scotland. Lex. Scotland? Really? But Mecca interests me most. Its obvious religious significance can't be overlooked. Robles. What do you mean by that? Lex. See? All better already. Robles. I heard everything. Sir Isaac. If a place is historically venerated, 
the way the Kaaba is. There usually is some mathematical reason for such, uh, zealotry to evolve. Captain, you think the most reverent site in all of Islam is because of a scientific anomaly? Merkel, what do you actually want to do there? I'd like to trap gravitons. First mate, how would that be possible? Simply put, if there's more of them there, then they should be easier to catch. Merkel, sounds simple enough. Captain, okay, before we raise our hands for Isaac's religious quest, let's all have our ideas spotted, okay? So far we've got me going back north, further north, to find Hudson's real route. <laughs> Lizard wants to give coffee to an infant blue whale, and Sir Isaac wants to sneak into Saudi Arabia. Who's next? Father Thomas? Father Thomas. Yes, well, I have no actual expectations that any of you will like this idea, but I've heard rumblings of underground church meetings in North Korea. Apparently, since the border between North and South is pretty well attended by guards, there's this partially man-built running caves that go from the communist side to the religiously tolerant South. From what I've heard, members of the church from both North and South meet in these caves for secret services. Jen, like the Underground Railroad. Father Thomas. Yes, I, I think it's very similar. A connective tissue between the free and the oppressed. First mate. And why should we visit them? I thought maybe we could help aid them. Maybe help expand their underground network. Fa. Don't you think that any help we give them would leave them more vulnerable to being discovered by the DPRK? The what? Excuse me? Fa. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Whatever we do, wherever we go, we have to report back to Babbitt. I'd hate for our mission to help a hiding people be invalidated by our duty to report back to an unknown quantity. Captain. Yes, yes, that's true. Whatever our mission, almost certainly have to report it back to Lilith. She's funding this expedition. We very well can't leave her in the dark. Jen. We could tell her that we're doing something else. First mate. You'd lie to your boss? For that? For nothing? Captain. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Father Thomas. The logistics of your proposal just does not compute. Father Thomas. Like I said, I wasn't expecting anyone to raise my flag. Thank you, Jennifer, for trying to make it work. Jen. You're welcome. First mate. Don't congratulate her for musing insubordination. Jen. Oh, I, I just... First mate. Jennifer, can I have a word with you aside? First mate, I want you to know that what you said in there is entirely out of line. If I see glimpses of that sort of attitude again, I'll see to it that your stay on the Orion is brief, one way or the other. I'm sorry, I guess I just... I don't, I don't really understand what the big deal is. Don't you be flippant with me, slut. Excuse me? Don't speak to me like that. See, that's an example of acceptable anger. It's okay to be angry, Jen. Really. Most any emotion is acceptable on my watch. Uh, you just called me what I have no tolerance, no patience, no goodwill towards is any semblance of insurrection. It'd be intolerant and atrocious enough for you to say those words to the captain or myself. That'd be bad enough, but you invoked it against our philanthropist. You're here because Lilith Babbitt, one of the greatest women of our age, had pity on your slutty soul. Don't disgrace her, especially in front of the rest of the crew. If I catch you acting out again, and so flippantly, you're gone. You're trying to intimidate me. I'm telling you that for all intensive purposes, 
I'm Lilith Babbitt, embodied on this boat, and I will not tolerate sluts. Stop calling me that! How can I trust you after what you said? I was just trying to be helpful. Helpful? By lying to your master and commander? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was a silly thought. Next time I have a silly thought, I'll keep it to myself. I don't know how you're going to gain my trust back. Now, whenever you say anything, how am I to believe that you're not beyond lying to make your personal situation better? Only sluts lie, Jennifer. That's why I call you one. Captain. Welcome back. Lex just finished explaining her selkie search. Lex. I I think we're all in agreement that ultimately, it, like Father Thomas's, is an untenable plan. Moving on. First mate, you got something for us? First mate. During the Second World War, a fleet of German U-boats made it as far as the Gulf Coast. I'd like to trudge the coast in search of sunken U-boats. That's all. Captain. Okay. Any questions? Okay, Merkel. What say the bastion bulwark of the Orion? Merkel. I want to go to the Galapagos. Captain. Ah, we've been through this. The world is still, what, half undiscovered? Why do you want to go to one of the very most previously discovered places? I'd like to take some blood samples. Maybe work on some genetic variations. We don't have the type of equipment needed for your deep experiments, Merkel buddy. Come on, everyone. We haven't exactly hit the jackpot of ideas yet, have we? Give me something I can work with. If not, then for sure, back north to further search for the pass has got to be the continued mission for us. Fall. There's a room in Minneapolis. It's internationally recognized as the quietest room in the world. No non-deaf person has been able to handle the room for longer than 45 minutes. They say when you're sitting there, in utter darkness, in that room, everything gets confusing. You start to hear your body at work. Not just the sound of your heart and your lungs, but the sounds of your stomach at work. The rhythm of your kidneys. The very synapses in your brain turning on and off. Lex, you want to go to Minnesota? Fa. No, Miss Kaitel. I want to go to Cajamarca, Peru, where the real quietest room has just been built. Early reports say this one drives people insane in less than 15 minutes. I've never been mad, but my whole profession, my whole way of life is about examining the mad, sympathizing with the insane. This is a chance to have that temporary experience. Doesn't it pull at your imagination to know there's a room that can't be fathomed by mankind? We could be the ones to endure it, and document it, and surpass it. I vote that the Orion experiences this room, and with our collective intelligence, rediscover the world in a way no other team of investigators could. Lex. Wow, that sounds intense. Lizard. How do you know that this room... It's truly greater than the Minneapolis one. Because a coalition of major world power governments helped build it. Currently, it's used as an international truth serum. This room is the future of torture. You want us to torture ourselves. Opportunities created in which we can bend our minds inward are rare. I want us to seize this opportunity while the room is still gettable. Merkel, is this opportunity going away? It was made through various government agencies. Once the room proves its worth, one tribe will inevitably try to strip the others of its access. This will begin a proxy fight for the room. Those never end well. For now, for the moment, 
It's a sleeping giant. I want us to steal the giant's gold before he wakes. Lex, I'm not sold. While you're in the room, you'll experience what's called tendrilism. That's the experience of losing your disconnection from the world. Meaning, you'll become unable to disassociate yourself from your surroundings. That may sound frightening, and to most, I know, it is. But if you're calm and you think on that, you'll see that's nirvana in its truest form. Becoming one with the space around you. And once there, once there, once you feel that height of euphoria, I sincerely believe you'll access your resource state. Captain, resource state? Am I supposed to know what that means? That's your purest state of being, a place of mind that allows you to tap into your most novel realms. Most of our lives are played out like a bad recording. Our brain feeds from the same cognitive frameworks day after day. However, from the womb until about eight months of age, our brains are just gooey goodiness, a mush-like substance. And that's really exciting. Only with time does everything freeze up and harden. Hardening is good. Or maybe a better way to put it is it's necessary because it allows us to draw conclusions and make decisions. But the mush phase, that's when our potential is completely unlimited. When you have access to your resource state, your brain functions again as if it's in its infancy. That's bad, of course, if it completely resets. But the goal is... And what readily happens to adults who experience the resource state is that when you come out of it, your mind re-ferments and then has a lens by which to investigate your experience in the resource state. You have the experience, and then once you're out of it, your brain calcifies and you can then examine the contents of that experience. Lizard. It's a profundity center of the place that makes you have... Truly novel thoughts. Sure, that's a great description. Lex. Okay, okay. Well, sign me up. My vote's with Fa. Captain. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not take our horses to the feed trough before we're ready to dismount now, shall we? Let's hear all the ideas first, before we start throwing our weight around one way or another. Merkel. I think, Captain. Oh, and by the way, I'll say this out front just to be clear. You know I support each and every one of you. Well, except maybe Big Bag of Bones Isaac. Very well. I support each and every one of you that serves an actual role on the Orion. That plays a part that allows him or herself to be a cock. If you're that, well then I support you. That's why we often do things democratically. We make decisions together, as a team. But, all things are not quite equal, and there are certain non-negotiables. In this case, I am of course referring to the reality that as captain, I get two votes. Lizard. It won't matter. No one's voting for Alaska. Captain. Not Alaska. Not Alaska. Canada. If you'll just look at the map here. First mate. Miss Free, I believe you are last. Jen. Um, yeah. Ah. Uh, here it goes. I just would like to find the mythical Leviathan. Lex. Any idea where to look? Merkel. What would you do if you found her? Do you know what she looks like? How would you actually know if you found her? Father Thomas. Which legend are you basing your theory on? Jen. Theory? Captain. Well, is that everyone then? Lex. My vote's for Fa's plan. Fa. Thank you, Alexandra. First mate. Why with him? Lex. I can just imagine myself being stretched in that room. My life is still a mystery to myself. Maybe I've got answers locked away somewhere inside. 
You know, like a hidden lost memory or something like that. Faw. Often, what can happen in the resource state is a pulling of background data. It's like watching a video of your memories. You can press play. You can even zoom in on details that take place in the background that your conscious mind never noticed. But your brain diagrammed this and filed it away nonetheless. First mate. Lex. Dear. This is just Fah doing his usual thing. He's manipulating you, dear. Lex. No, he's not. It's just a really intriguing idea. It beats looking for hidden Nazi treasure. First mate. Fine. I vote for Isaac's idea. Captain. Honey, no! You can't! I most certainly can. And I have. But what about Canada? You promised. None of that matters now. We were stuck in the ice for weeks, Alfred. You think anyone is going to volunteer for that hell again? If you vetoed our wills and took us north, there'd be a mutiny. We'd eat your liver before we let you take us back to that freezing graveyard. <gasps> I can't believe my ears, Merkel. I also vote for Isaac's proposition. I'd very much like to carbon date the Blackstone and the Kaaba. Oh, big surprise there. Do you have a will of your own, Tony? Or do you just wait for the first mate's approval to take a poop? Father Thomas. Alf, this isn't how you should be acting. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it? Where's your allegiance, Father? Whose fish are you frying? Father Thomas. I don't like the idea of messing with a Muslim holy site. In Fa's quiet room, it sounds like a soulful place. Somewhere where distractions are minimized and prayers can be thought in peace. I'd like to pray in your quiet room, Miles. I'm with you. Great. So it's the manipulator versus the deadweight. That's our options. What about you, Lizard? You got any sense in that abominable mug of yours? Lizard. Classy, Captain. I hope for finding the blue whales. You vote for yourself. Cool. Merkel. That's three votes for Isaac's mecha voyage, three votes for the silent room, and one vote for blue whales. Jen, Jorge, it's you two and the captain. Jen, I'll vote with Lizard. Merkel. Three for mecha, three for Peru, two for blue whales. Robles. I'm going to go with Sir Isaac. Maybe I'll even find God. Merkel. That's two for the blue whales. Three for Peru, four for Mecca. And I suppose you're voting for yourself then, Cap? Captain. If it's mud wrestling between the psycho and the psychic, I'll choose the psychic. We're going to South America. Maybe a little equatorial sun will change your minds about old Hudson and his unfound past. Lizard. I changed my vote to Mecca. I changed to Mecca. What? No. The vote's over. The deal's done. She can change her vote if she wants to. No, she can't. If we let people swap around, then we'll float here till summer. We all spoke our votes into being, and now we move on with life. I'll set our coordinates for Peru, and we'll set our sails in the morning. End of show. End of debate. No. Lizard rightly saw that her vote didn't count. This was a two-horse race, so she chose the party she liked best. Isn't that right, Lizard? That's how it is. Yes. Fine. Fine. But even if I grant you that, it's still five to five. We're stuck. Not if Jen changes our vote, too. What's it gonna be, little girl? Mecca or Peru? Hey everybody, Solve the World is produced by myself, Dante Stack. All the sound effects and music we use for this program are under Creative Commons licenses and can be found on our show notes page at DanteStack.com. I'd like to thank freesound.org and freemusicarchive.org for that material.
Hey guys, if you like the program, please help me sustain it by writing a review on iTunes, sharing this program with a friend, or donating on our donations page at DanteStack.com. Thanks. See you next week. I don't need to explain to you the impact Jen's decision will have for the ten human souls of the Orion. Her decision locks in a particular destiny, and we're about to find out just how far that adventure will lead her. Mecca or Peru. Next week, the crew sets sail for their destination. But before Jen can fully commit to the future, she'll wrestle anew with the ghosts of the past, both new and old. She'll also receive word from Atticus via Gimli the Goal, the very words we read to you in episode 17. Jen catches up with us, deals with evolving relationships on the Orion, and more next week on Solve the World.